0: I'm Gab, he's Jules. Blue skies over uh, West London on the Gab and Jules show. Blue skies over Madrid. Dark skies as evident um, (laughs) in the way you're dressed for Jules. Uh, Personally, uh, we're going to get into that huge Paris Saint-Germain Real Madrid game at the top of the show. Also, massive news just down the road here, a couple miles away. Stamford Bridge, Uh, Roman Abramovich's assets have been frozen. We'll talk about the implications. Uh, We've got Liverpool. We've got a ton going on here, Jules. There is one place to start. Do we? Do we have to? I'm sorry, we have to do this. Um, I'm going to quickly sum up what I saw beforehand. Paris Saint-Germain, first leg, batter Real Madrid, win 1-0. Lionel Messi misses a penalty. Mm. Second leg, everything's going fine. Under control. Under control, till the hour mark. A few minutes before that, Ancelotti, who... I, I don't think Real Madrid have been playing badly. They tried to press early. Um, they tried to do what they could. Tony Cross, I don't think was fully fit. No. Takes him off. Sends on Camavinga. Uh, a bit of wheels with Rodrigo. You know they were criticized. Oh, but you're vulnerable to the to the, the counter. Even Joel Embiid, the yeah. the presumptive uh, MVP of the NBA of the Sixers, of course, were much yeah, better course. now that uh, Ben Simmons is gone. <laughs> um, even he says, "Why is Carvajal playing so high?" Well, they had to get back into the tie, and they had success pressing. They were not good though. They were um, no good for now, But I th- I don't think they were bad. No, I think no, Realme- I think Paris Saint-Germain handled them, right? Because there's another team that you're playing against that who also try to win. Yeah. And then Donnarumma makes that mistake. I don't think it's entirely on him. No. And then the wheels completely come off. Yeah. We've been here before in
1: Barcelona almost to the day five years ago. We went there at the Padre Prince and United with Chelsea did it too. There's, there's, the, I think the mindset in this football club is is wrong. There's something wrong psychologically in the way they approach games, in the lack of reaction to it, and I think they're all to blame. Poch, the players, Donnarumma for the mistake. Is it a foul? Is it not a foul? You know what? Even, even before Leonardo or Nasser Al khalifi or Pochettino opened their mouth. I knew exactly that the excuse would be, oh, but look, it's a foul. The first goal changes everything. I'm not even sure it's a foul. And I'm a, I'm a hardcore PhD fan.
0: Right. And I think whether it was a foul or not, and I don't think those fouls get called often in European football. Yeah. Um, or even in people said, oh, it would be a foul in France or Italy or, or Spain. Frank Leboff was saying last night. I'm not even sure that's necessarily the case no. anymore. Um, and he shouldn't have ever been in that position anyway. Kick the ball, kick the ball on
1: the motorway that goes to—I don't know where.
0: You can make the point about Marquinhos as well. There was an seemed to be an intent on, on on playing out and so on, which got them, which got them into trouble. trouble. Yeah. Uh, I want to get your view on Lionel Messi because I actually thought for the first hour or so he was he was very effective. He helped yeah. relieve the pressure. He would drop into and midfield clearly. and be like, "Guys, give me the ball. You know, whatever else I can do, I can still hang on to it. I can relieve the pressure. I can help out." Um, and then that seemed to go away later. Was it, is it on him or is it on people not getting him the ball? No, I just think he's not,
1: he's not a leader. He's not the leader at 1-1 one, one, or even when you 2-1 down to to just grab everyone and say, come on, let's get focused again, let's switch on again. Instead, I was watching him the whole time. He was quiet. He was head down. This is it. And and, and I think, yeah, he get, got less of the ball. There's that freaky kick at the end, just over the bar. But I think what prevented him from having a, a bigger impact in the last half hour is to take Paredes off. Because for me, which, which was a completely stupid idea from Pochettino because Neymar, and, uh, Neymar, Messi, Paredes, and Verratti were creating this square in midfield that completely bypassed the Real Madrid midfield three. They could not get near them. And those four kept passing the ball to each other, keeping possession, keeping the control of the game. As soon as you took Paredes out of there at 1-1, and Gay came on, this was it. Gay is a completely different player. Doesn't have the same skill set at all to Paredes. Paredes was on a yellow. Maybe he was not fully fake. Keep him
0: on. Keep him um, on. Neymar are, should have been the one coming off. We have to talk about Real Madrid. Uh, we haven't even mentioned the fact. Kareem Benzema's performance. Dream the dream. See, I didn't know if I was going to have to do that. To. Whether you'd be in the mood to do that. He's but, my bro. He's my bro. He broke my heart, but he's still <laughs> my brother. So, I thought that was that was phenomenal we talk about you know big clubs with a culture of winning and so on and leadership i felt as poorly as they played in the first leg as difficult as things were them for the hour mark i really thought that they felt they looked like a team that said we're still in this we can score three goals in 5 minutes if we need to um, it was it was you could not fit in the
1: stadium the the crowd woke up after that first goal literally it went from only the P- 1,800 PhD fans who were on my right, you could hear them singing, and that was it. The rest of the stadium were asleep, hi- hi- hibernation. And then Karim scored the first goal, and after that, it was like, an exp- like literally, it was wow, like just like this. And after that, you could not, and- to be fair to Karim, the whole game, he was like, come on, let's go, let's press, trying, trying. But on his own, there was not much he could do. After that first goal, everything changed. Suddenly they were on the front foot, they were playing with much more intensity. You know, the second, the second goal comes after Modric literally running the whole... I, I don't understand how someone just clipped the back of his heel, make a foul on the halfway line, Whoa. gets a yellow. Wasn't that Neymar's job? Verratti is there, uh, Kimpembe is there, Nuno Mendes is there. There's, it's not just Neymar, but Neymar losing the ball what, the way he did. He should have made you that you fight.
0: see Neymar run after him? Yeah. I, right. that, 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 that's terrible. That's pathetic. That, 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 that was really, I think yeah. he really let himself down there. Um, but Karim Patrick, 34 years old, come on. There's Jesus. a lot of people who think you can sing off for praise at Real Madrid. Um, I feel obviously we haven't praised Carlo Ancelotti enough. Jules, we haven't even mentioned yet the biggest story going into this, which is Kylian Mbappe uh. and his future, and as we showed his performance um, in the game, obviously in case you've been sleeping under a rock, he becomes a free agent on June first. From now he can, or June thirtieth actually, yeah. uh, he can sign with any other club. He could have signed for Real Madrid already. There were suggestions that it would have been announced if Paris Saint-Germain had been playing Real Madrid. Um, you know. If you're a Real Madrid fan, this is the best possible thing because Mbappe goes it is. and is phenomenal and you get through. Um, what was funny is that he almost felt last night in the
1: stadium that he wanted to impress the fans and they wanted to impress him. Almost like they were saying, it was like I wrote in, the, in my ESPN piece, it was a big, his big audition, really. This was the first time he was playing there. The whole Mbappé family was there in the director's box with, with the rest of the PSG hierarchy. It was not just them, you know, invited by Florentino right. Perez. But, and it felt like this. It felt like a big audition. When, when the PSG players came on the pitch for a warm-up, I was pitch side, and Kylian almost created a stampede in the sense that all those, like, dozens and dozens of Real Madrid fans, like, literally rushed down, to be as close as possible to see him and he kept shouting his name and it was unreal. And really surreal. And then and then he pushed his performance out where he could have had a hat trick for two you know quite close and but right right offside course, but still quite close. One on Nuno Mendes and the other one himself with an incredible dummy that sat down the whole stadium, not just Courtois, but incredible. And I just think if 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 there was still a little doubt in his mind about do I stay in Paris or do I come to Madrid, I think Wednesday. Let's then talk I about set, the dummy it.
0: because I'm just a, just technically because I'm I'm a big Courtois fan as you know, and I also have learned I did not play professional football and when I played uh, in school I was not a goalkeeper. Well, one thing I've learned is that most people who are not keepers outfield players, even people who played at a high level for a long time, a lot of them have no clue about goalkeeping. Yeah. Rick, really, and I, and I say this, yeah, and I it's not me saying it, positions. it's every single ex-pro goalkeeper I've talked about. Yeah, yeah, There are people who criticize Courtois because supposedly you can't ever concede a goal on your near post. Frankly, though, when he opens his body up like that, logic suggests he's going to go the other way. And what do you want Courtois to do? But Courtois, he certainly froze the defender that way as well yeah but Courtois
1: is not as good on his right hand side to come low than he is on his left hand side and I think Kylian knew it that's why the first goal disallowed is on that right side of Courtois and I think he was just that's where, that's where Mbappe targeted him you know I think he, that's, that was the idea very much um, when I but, when, but just to finish on the dummy goal this is Ronaldo Brazilian Ronaldo like this, this is the spitting image of what Ronaldo would have done. It's a little bit the goal against Lazio in the UFA Cup final. You know, it's this is this is that. This is the 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 the, the gesture, the body, the way he moves his feet so quickly. And you know, Ronaldo is one of his idols as well. I mean, he's he's a little bit, um, you know, too young. Cristiano is more. It was more the Cristiano era, but still, you know, he watched a lot of videos of of Brazilian Ronaldo. And I think this goal for me was just like, wow. My first reaction was, this is Ronaldo all over. This is, this is him impersonating Ronaldo the Brazilian. And it's a real shame that that goal was disallowed. But again, it was the right call. But it's just, it, the more I watch him and the more I'm amazed by his talent, his maturity. And yeah, he disappeared a little bit in the last half hour, you know. And he was part of the collapse. But what an incredible talent he is. And I think everybody at the Bernabeu on Wednesday night and around the world saw again, again. And even if the big, you know, even now it's all about Benzema and he's right. And I said, when we thought there was a new prince ready to be crowned, the old king said, hey, don't forget about me, I'm still the boss here. And he would be the boss for a few more months, but Killian would then take over. I tweeted that.
0: And I tweeted something like Killian young buck hold my beer exactly you know like yeah, this is yeah. my house exactly. i am karim benzema for now. you're not here yet exactly um how soon do you think i mean realistically um what it obviously the best scenario for paris saint germain is if he decides to stick around but why would he what, why would he i that's a fair point and we'll get into paris saint germain's future but i'm just wondering is there any reason for him now to delay a decision no but the
1: decision was always Let's, let's wait for the Real Madrid tie. Let's see where we are by then. Because I do think, like we've said before, I do think that this was always going to have an impact. You go to the Bernabeu, you boss the game, you individually, but the team as a collective, you play really well, like the first leg. It's a statement. And PSG come to you and say, look, why would you go there? Stay with us for another season. Look what we've got going here. Right. This is good. This is...
0: You see, But I'm saying now... You don't have power, you don't have a Champions League to worry about. The league is wrapped up. Exactly. There's no reason no. why he should not be making a decision and I think in the will. next week or two. Yeah, and maybe or, or announcing or it. But yeah, yeah. I think I think, yeah. I think it could be quick now. And I'm assuming it would be good for the club for him to come out and, and commit one way or another. Yeah, because
1: then if you know by the end of March that he's going, then that leaves you a lot of time to prepare for who comes
0: next, who you're trying to get to replace him. Because good luck to do that. If you if you look at it. From from that perspective, um, about where he's going to fit next year at Real Madrid, if we assume that he's going to sign, you know, you're looking at a front line of Vinicius, Mbappe, and Benzema. Yeah. That's scary. that's pretty tasty. That is scary. And I'm yeah, assuming Vinicius is going to
1: switch flanks, or oh, Killian. Yeah, or, I mean, I think you can have such a fluid. I don't know if Carlo will still be there. I, I don't know. I don't know if after he wins his fourth Champions League, if he does, then I think he <laughs> would be there. But let's say he doesn't, and it's only La Liga. I, I don't know if Florentino would do. I don't know if there's anyone who could come anyway. But let's say Carlo stays. I think if you can work out uh, almost some sort of fluid front three where yeah okay Kylian starts on the right and Vinny on the left and Benzema in the center but then you've got a lot of freedom in your movement you can switch positions you can you can come and it could almost be Vinny as a 10 and then the other two as the the two strikers I don't know you can come up with so many different options that it is scary and it will need a bit of adaptation I think and you know getting to know each other and things but imagine that Benzema and, and Mbappe would have played a whole year together for France on top of the, the mutual respect that they are and the friendship they already have. I, I can just see Mbappe coming in and fitting in so well, so quickly in that team. And we're not even talking about the other players who are going to come and even strengthen more this team because this this is, you know, this is not just Mbappe coming in and this team is going to be amazing again. I think there's, there's a lot of other areas where they need improvement,
0: where they need to work on. But if they do that, I think it'd be scary. Uh, The narrative is Paris Saint-Germain throwing it away. Uh, I said I'd fly the flag for Carlo. I just want Mm -hmm. to remind people that before the game, not only were they sitting on that awful performance on the first leg, he was also without Ferland Mundi and Casemiro. Casemiro especially, people thought, oh, he's so important, blah, blah, blah. He obviously is important because he obviously was missed for an hour or so. Yeah, but they found a way, he found a way around that. And you're always big on changes. Yep. I thought bringing in Camavinga and and Rodrigo in those circumstances I think certainly helped, I don't want to say turn the game, because obviously it wasn't necessarily the turning point, but once it got to one-one, yeah, definitely, yeah, they were instrumental in driving you in a way that that Cruz perhaps was no longer able to. Yeah, completely. I expected him to make
1: those changes at halftime. I have to say, I expected something to change at halftime. He, he kept them another fifteen minutes. With the Cruz one, he, he said on Tuesday, that "If Cruz is ninety-five percent fit, I won't play him." He was not even ninety-five percent fit.
0: No, if you look closely, Carlos' nose gets a yeah, little longer when but, he says that.
1: But. That could have cost him. And and you know, and good for him that he made the decision at the right time, maybe to to sub him off and, and that worked out. But but like like with Benzema in the first leg, that could have cost him. However, again, I saw a proactive coach in Carlo and I saw a very reactive, late reaction coach in Pochettino. And I'm sorry, it's not good enough. I won one, but remember if you remember and Spurs fans will remember. When Juve came to Wembley and won against Spurs, Poch was exactly the same in the sense that the first, they were in control of the game, they had been good in the first leg, they were in control of that second leg, and yet the first goal went in and then he froze. And Wednesday night, he froze again. He froze, he didn't know what to do, what, what, what's my move now, How can, what can I do, what do I do, and he did nothing. And I'm sorry Gab, this is not good enough. And the thing he did were wrong. This is a team. Yes, it's an unbalanced squad, I give you that. It lacks leader, I give you that. But the last thing you need is a coach that has no idea what to do. This is a team that hasn't won away from home, Gab, All against right. the top seven in Ligue 1. And they haven't won a single game away from home in the Champions League this season. How is that possible? You go to Bruges, you don't win. You go to Leipzig, you don't win. You go to City, you don't win. You go to Madrid, you don't win. But, but you go to Nantes, you don't win. You go to Nice, you don't win. You go to Marseille, you don't win. I mean, come on.
0: I'll submit a theory, uh, and you can tell me because you watch more Ligue 1 than I do, but I've watched, I think, every Paris Saint-Germain game domestically this season. I don't... I'm sure there have been 90-minute performances but there have been very, very few. Yeah. And often, and very rarely, when all three were there. It feels like yeah. so many times... Obviously, they have a massive league, domest, uh, league domestically, right? So many times, you know, they either go a goal down, and then the I'll three were together, though. or they score late, or whatever. Um, and obviously, Messi got going late in the season, and then Neymar had his injury. I think sometimes, you know, people have made the point that, well... You know, when you've got three superstars, you have to accommodate them. But there's times when they all need to work and work together. Yeah. Um, Paris Saint-Germain haven't been asked to do that very often this season, and they fail to do that yeah. many times this season. Yeah. And I think if it's not there in your DNA, you don't have to turn it on every single game. You don't have to be Manchester City where they all run around no, the dance yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and run themselves on the ground. But you have to be able to do it occasionally. Yeah. Um and that, I think, is something that Pochettino has not been able to instill. Yeah. And I might suggest that part of it has to do with the fact that what made Pochettino a great manager. Look, I'm a massive Pochettino fan. Yeah, no, me too. Not just because there's a, well, there's a small resemblance between him and Ancelotti. It's not just that, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, in fact, you could see future Pochettino looking yeah, a little course. bit like current Ancelotti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's just the fact that I think what he did at Spurs was tremendous. Whatever, his, whatever failures eventually happened in those circumstances, you know, let's think about who came after him at Spurs and how they did, yeah, yeah, uh, of often course. with more money. And I'm not just talking about Mourinho, I'm talking about Conte as well. Uh, and Nuno. Um, but what made him great at Southampton and at Tottenham was a certain way of playing that was predicated upon blue-collar work ethic on quick movements, on pressing. Um, Hong Min Son and Harry Kane maybe superstars, although probably not of the magnitude of Neymar, Messi, and Mbappé, but they put on their hard hat and they said, we're gonna be warriors in the trenches. We're gonna work like this. When he arrived at Paris Saint-Germain, he realized, perhaps correctly, that he couldn't ask them to work that way. And so he was asked to do a job that was completely different to him, This was completely yeah. alien. Carl has shown that he is the Galactico whisper. He can have the Galacticos, he can keep them happy, he can um, he can get them to work when they need to work. Pep Guardiola as well, certainly at Barcelona, people said, ooh, I mean, last night I think somebody said like, oh, but Messi and Neymar are, are superstars, you know, you can't get them to work. Well, Pep Guardiola, when, or, I'm, sorry, I'm correct, I don't know if, yeah, Pep was, if no, Luis Enrique, Enrique yeah. right? At Barcelona, sorry, they yeah. were working together. Yeah. If Pep had been there, I'm pretty sure they would have completely they would, they would, so but you have to have that is a skill as a manager to be able to integrate yeah. the superstar into the rest of the team and be able to have a certain way yeah he hasn't had to do he doesn't that doesn't have that skill but maybe because he never worked with superstars before and maybe because or superstars with that mindset yeah, I yeah, mean yeah, Harry yeah. Kane to me is a superstar say, yeah, yeah, yeah. right but, but he, he has a different mindset
1: but he wasn't a superstar when Poch arrives.
0: But he became one. Yeah, yeah he became no, one. So maybe not. it's
1: easier. But, and, and maybe this is a, the dressing room that is difficult. I think it is difficult. It's it's a club that is not easy to manage. Yeah, I give him that. And he's not the only one to blame. But okay, he's wait. been there a year and a month and something. How and much? It's, not, it's not good enough. I'm sorry. It's not good enough. It might not just be his fault. Right. But, Gab, yeah, it's just not good enough what we saw on the page, what we see off the page. The. Oh. Okay.
0: You're a Paris Saint Germain fan. I don't think I'm outing you here. No. How much blame do you place on Leo and Nasser? Because it was Leonardo who put this team together. Yeah. And it was Nasser who sanctioned this approach. Yeah. You know,
1: and I think they have to be blamed. I, I, I don't even think they should last the season. Leo and Nasser? Yeah. I don't think. I well, think what's
0: Nasser going to do? I mean, he.
1: No, no, but like the ownership can can replace a. Nasser. A chairman, yeah, a president. Of
0: course they can. Of course they can. Why not? Wow, I, I thought it hadn't crossed my mind. No, but and I mean, for Nasser to say, "Oh, let me be less involved," because he was very angry after the game. There were there were all sorts of unconfirmed reports mm. in the Spanish press. So uh, I don't, for legal reasons, I don't want to go into so PhD it. So
1: PSG told me that he
0: he wanted to have a chat with the referees. Right after and the game, which is never a good sign, never, a good, never a good idea. It's especially, I think, puts him in a bad position because he's a member. And look, I'm not picking on him. I mean, Andrade did the same thing back after the um, when they were when they were knocked out when against Real Madrid, was it when Christian when 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 they had the last minute penalty and, and Buffon got sent off and, and yeah, right? Yeah, I guess, you know, you're a member of UEFA's, UEFA's executive committee. You're the president of the European Club Association. Yeah, yeah. You have this institutional role. You cannot ask to go and speak to the referee you. after. What are, what are you going to tell him? I know. Send somebody else to do it. The his. game is over. Yeah, Send Leo, Leo to do Leo, it. Like, yeah, but Leo.
1: I, yeah, I think. Where uh, was Leo? He was there. I saw him before the game. He was all like this with his thumbs up, you know, as he always does. He was smiling. He was not smiling at the end. But this is also his failure. He cannot sell to. This, this, I mean, this squad, as as we said before, it's an unbalanced squad. It's a dysfunctional squad. I think it's a dysfunctional club in many respects too. As much as I love them, and I think Nasser is partly to blame. There's too too many influences, two different um, streams that go against each other. There's too many people involved, and and I just don't think uh, that's why as well. Those problems keeps coming up because some things don't change when they should change. And for me. Nasser should change, Leonardo should change, the manager will change, because Pochettino is not going to be there next season. But then, in the squad, what do you do with the squad? What do you do with the squad? Neymar, you've got Neymar until 2026, potentially. 2025, the contract, with an extra year in option that he can trigger by himself, pretty much. He's 30. Do I want four years more of Neymar the way he played yesterday? How on earth did he play 90 minutes? It's crazy. He lost everything that made him good, and uh, yeah, maybe not completely, f- fully match fit because he came back from an injury. But still, this is crazy. What do you do with Messi? I mean, Messi has been great, but you know how how much better can he be, or will he? Does this is that his What do you level? do if
0: financial fair play comes back with actual real enforcement? And I know people are going and to you, say it'll never happen as long as Nasser's around, but you don't know.
1: And you're going to lose Kylian. So what what do you go, Who would you go next? Yeah, but who do you replace it with? Well, yeah, you, go for, you go all-in for Holland. You go for Lewandowski. Yeah, you go f-
0: Come on. All right, okay. Um, I suppose somebody tweeted, oh, good news, best possible result for Manchester United. I'm just wondering... Why? Because now Pochettino's going to go, oh, so now he's yeah. available course, and whatever. Did, I mean, there's obviously a big PR campaign for Poch and he has Premier League experience and whatever at United, but... I think this kind of tarnishes him and his reaction after the game. And I, United aren't United don't have a great PR with their fans right now because of some of the decisions they made. I don't know. I mean, again, I go back to this: they're not going to do this, but I would like to see some accountability from somebody <laughs> yeah. upstairs and say, "This is the club we want to be. This yeah. is where we're going." Hi, I'm John. Or Hi, I'm Darren. I am the technical director, head of recruitment, whatever. I'm going to lead the next manager search. This is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. And yeah. then we have a conversation about whether Rangnick should stick around, whether it should be Pochettino or Ten Hag or or whoever. Right? Yeah. Okay. Just 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 want to get not that. Happen. So, yeah, well, would you take Pochettino at United? Yeah. It depends what I'm trying
1: to do. But but, but listen. They, but by the way, if they go for him, it, what? If they go for him, it can only be for a minimum of. A well, four-year project where you said to him, "Listen, we've got full faith in you. You're not going to, you're not going to be sacked in six-month time or a year time if, if we finish six or something. Go and rebuild the squad. Go and make this team better. Go and improve our players." PSG, I think he knew that it was never going to be a long-term project, and I think this is what he needs. He needs a long-term. I mean, I, I mean, a, a, a big club. At Southampton, he knew that he was not going to be there long. That it was a, a platform for him to go higher up. But I think the idea that he has going to United is this, okay, I'm going to have the time to build the team like I want, with the players that I want, to play the football I want, which he could not do in Paris, I give him that. But there's also a lot of similarities between PSG and Manchester United as football clubs in how dysfunctional they are, how hard I think the dressing room is to deal with.
0: And I, I think the difference is there's accountability at Paris Saint-Germain. At Paris Saint-Germain, you have Nasser and Leonardo who speak daily well yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. not daily but Leonardo is there daily right so you can judge and you can hear there's nothing there's a wall of silence but there's just Ralph Rangnick in his glasses maybe maybe, he would, maybe Poch would prefer that I don't know I, I time will tell I, I genuinely like him as a person so I wish him well uh, finally on Real Madrid um, i just tell you this and you can comment for me Manchester City are far and away the best team in Europe right now um, doesn't mean they'll win the Champions League because it's knockouts but for me I put City as yeah. favourites and but after that I would have to put Liverpool uh, Bayern and Real Madrid on a similar level I still don't think Real Madrid are the level of Bayern Munich and uh, Liverpool especially All right. I don't time will tell Joel's massive news here. Uh, We touched upon this earlier. Uh, The UK government has frozen Roman Abramovich's uh, assets, uh, including two of his properties. But this is a football show, so it's mostly Chelsea Football Club. This will have an impact. Um, Details are kind of coming out. So what we do know is that these sanctions are going to last until May 31st, but they can be stopped. Minimum, they can be stopped at any time, or they can be expanded. Um, It's going to affect the sale, and we'll get to that in a minute. In the immediate, Chelsea cannot sell any more tickets. Um, Although, if you're a season ticket holder, or if you've already bought a ticket, then obviously you're fine. Um, And they're severely restricted in terms of uh, what they can... What they can spend on expenses, yeah. but equally the government wants to make sure that Chelsea can continue to operate until the end of the season. So, um, you know, some people are going to be saying, "Oh my God, Chelsea are going to go bankrupt." No, it doesn't appear that way.
1: No, I don't think it does. But for example, they can only spend twenty thousand pounds on travel. Um, so I don't know how you can go to Lille with your with your whole staff and team. Before. how much are
0: eurostar tickets
1: yeah well exactly but when you think about a premier league travel i think cost them at least 30,000 pounds yeah you know so i'm sure i'm sure the the uk government is going to make it okay for them to to, to go to champions league away games certainly but they, they you know they they won't be there won't be fans there away fans chelsea fans are not going to travel away now uh, the potential extension of contracts of Rudiger or Christensen cannot happen right now with this new license. And yes, they can still pay their players and their staff, which is good. They can pay the transfer fees that they overdue, that is still okay. So there's still a few things that they can do. However, it's still very, very, very limit. it's, it's limiting
0: you in some of the things you can do. I'm going to be a bit cynical here. The government, um, they came down very hard on Abramovich. They accused him of destabilizing Ukraine. Um, they accused him of having you know, close links to, to Vladimir Putin, um, none of which necessarily knew. The fact that it took this long, my sense is the government spent a lot of time looking at how can we come up with a package of sanctions that look like we're cracking down that will have an effect yeah. on the war, but at the same time aren't going to damage Chelsea as a football club because this is still an English business. With English employees That pays taxes to the English government yeah. um, So they're threading a fine line And at the same time Let's make sure that we don't get a court injunction Against this so that we can legally do this mm. um, So I'm assuming this is all pretty well Thought out And presumably bulletproof You know my thoughts on lawyers yeah, yeah. It could all change One big impact though is that How does it affect the, the change Because you had several newspapers Reporting the government saying Abramovich won't get a penny out of Chelsea from the sale. Um, Surely they would issue a new license
1: just for the sale, in the uh, sense that if that is in the interest of Chelsea and doesn't benefit at all Roman Abramovich, so for example, he sells the club for three billion, let's say, and all that money goes to the government, for example, even if they, they just they freeze that as well, so they just keep it there, but that it doesn't go straight into Abramovich's pocket, you, would, you could easily Wait, it's not going to go
0: to his foundation?
1: It was foundation or whatever, but you could easily see that you can go and say, okay, just for the sale, here you go, here's a new license. You can just do the sale. All the rest stays in place. And once the sale is acted with a new ownership, then I guess you lift the sanctions.
0: I think there's a lot of stuff that needs to be clarified and I don't want to go overboard one way or another until this, this stuff gets answered. So, for example, the fact that Chelsea owe Roman Abramovich one and a half billion. Um, does that mean that Okay, there's just no... We, oh, disappear. no, we she just want. it. Yeah. yeah, but freezing an asset doesn't mean confiscating an asset. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can't just take it away from him. You can say you can't benefit from it. But Chelsea were already making a loss, right? Yeah. I have regularly made losses most of these years. Mm. He hasn't taken money out of the club. So, again, I'm not a lawyer. I still have a million questions about how this is going to work. But I think it's fair to say from what we see... It's not necessarily going to materially affect what we see from Chelsea on the pitch in terms of being able to field a team. It's gonna certainly affect right. no away fans. That could be that could be a problem. That could be weirdly something to their advantage. No no, 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 but you see what I mean? No Chelsea fans away. Yeah, no Chelsea. But well no, actually actually that's one that needs to be clarified yeah, because no obviously away
1: fans. They well you me.
0: buy the tickets from the other club though. If I'm a Chelsea fan, I go and I buy a ticket from Arsenal to go watch Chelsea, but I have to do it through Chelsea, so so that's why you can't do it. I think that's another thing which needs to be clarified. I I don't think think that's clear. But
1: when you think that already when we had Thomas Tuchel saying that it was waiting a bit on on his mind, you know. Oh, there's no question. This is another thing for the players to have somewhere in the back of the mind, even if it doesn't really change their daily routine. It's still something else. There's
0: no question this uncertainty is not going to help. It's not going to help also in terms of planning uh, for the summer. And I think it's it's going to have an impact in that sense. In terms of material impact, I'm sure we'll update you in future shows. All right, enough, Roman. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. After 12 wins in a row in all competitions, Liverpool lose at home to Inter 1-0. Jules, they still go through the quarterfinals on the strength of the 2-0 yeah. uh, win at the San Siro. And they did hit the woodwork three times. But any concerns for Jurgen Klopp? Nah, a little bit,
1: Gab. Being there, um, they couldn't really deal with the press and interpret really well with the ball, without the ball. Uh, maybe because in midfield, Curtis Jones and Thiago Alcantara, who are coming back from injury, you know, were not fully match fit, maybe, but they lacked a bit of intensity there, certainly in the first half. So, I don't know if we can call it a concern, but, but certainly, it's it's been a long time since I've seen a team coming to on-field, and just, and just boss the game for an hour, like internet, no. to be fair. And I think they deserve a lot of credit. And for club, I think you're happy that you're through. Uh, And, you know, you see how you can maybe make sure that the intensity that you usually have in midfield is is still there in those big games. And because I don't think they can get away with these kind of games too often. I wonder if this is a blueprint for other teams coming to Anfield. Yeah, but I don't know how many teams can play like Inter, though, even without Barrella. And Inter, uh, you know, keep speaking about them. We're in the game, Gab, until Alexis got sent off. Do they exit with regret? Did you think it was a second yellow or Fabinho made the most of it?
0: I don't think I, I, I think in the modern game that's ascending off. I, I, I don't I don't think there's much of much of an issue there. Uh, Alexis Sanchez was thoroughly committed, which is what you want to see. It was a big deal, big call from Simone Inzaghi to give him the start. Yeah. Um because we have been talk about it. He says like I'm not just an impact sub. Um he gave everything. He made a really poor decision and he put himself in that situation. Also with frankly the first yellow. That said, they leave with regret. I mean, Rio Ferdinand said that over the two legs, Inter played better football. and yeah, They've won three, 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 three halves out of four. Yeah, but then they lack cutting edge yeah. at the front. And, and that is ultimately why Liverpool deservedly go through. Because scoring goals is a fundamental part uh, of this yes. game. But I think the leap in confidence that they get to saying, yeah, we, you know, we can play this way you know we can't just kind of hit you in certain situations and defend deep and do this and that we can go out and match you for intensity match you for pressing that is a big leap forward yeah. and I think it's something for Simone Inzaghi to build on for next season because you may not need to do this to win Serie A but if you want to go anywhere in Europe you have to be able to play like mm. this against big clubs don't poke the bear, Jules. No. We were critical of Bayern, and especially yeah. after their away draw in the first leg, some of their recent results. But they stormed back with a seven-one thumping of Salzburg. Robert Lewandowski scores the fastest hat trick in Champions League history. My theory is it's only because Manuel Neuer is back. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is. Uh, 23 minutes it took for Lewandowski to score his hat trick, which is
1: one minute quicker than Marco Simone.
0: Ooh, yeah, former
1: for, Monaco star. Yeah, for AC Milan a, a long time ago. Well done to Lewandowski. I mean, no one really ever thought that Salzburg would go and qualify, right? I did. I I, did. I, I, I thought no it was. way.
0: No I way. thought it was possible no if way. Bayern didn't show up, if Sven Ulreich was still there. And, yeah, but no. No. Yeah. Okay.
1: Manchester City also advanced after drawing nil-nil with Sporting. Gab, this was never really in that given they won 5 0 the first leg.
0: Yeah. It wasn't in doubt, but still, you know, he didn't make wholesale changes. You know, we, 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 we he made teeny tiny. We saw this guy, mm-hmm. even Riley, at yeah, right back. And that right came on. But, again, they played with intensity. I thought it was interesting. Ruben Marine came out and said, let's just get it let's just show that we can play for 90 minutes without conceding and they focused on defending yep. they picked their spots the sporting fans did the pause then yeah. under no illusions it was a good day for on them the,
1: it was a good experience
0: on the one hand it's good on the other hand part of me also says dude you're playing football in the Champions League go out and try to win yeah you know yeah. it depresses me that you kind of go in there accepting yeah, that yeah, yeah. you're I, defeated I get your point I get your point Cristiano Ronaldo is back and um, took to social media to tell us he was working hard. But Jules, the Telegraph are reporting that his trip to Portugal was not authorized by the club. Yeah. That's not surprising, though. You're not surprised by that, right? I'm surprised that I know nothing about this club, that they don't have a media person to go out there and correct things that are wrong. I just, uh, whatever. I just think I mean, that he was supposed to be on the bench. That we got to find out information through leaks. I, wh- I why know, not have somebody saying it's, it's, it, that's what they it do. is ridiculous to me? I know they had a communications guy who, who left. They have a communications woman who lives at Carrington and never speaks. to one yeah. certainly doesn't speak to me or return my phone calls. I, yeah, I, know. I don't know. I'm I, li- I, li- so when you don't fill that gap and tell people what's going on, when Ralph Rangnick is the only person speaking, other people will go and they'll create stories yeah, and so we, on. We will, ask, we will ask Rangnick though, and Rangnick would tell
1: us if he was sanctioned by the club or not. If he wasn't, it's really disappointing from Cristiano's part. It is. UEFA have announced that Poland, who were due to uh, face Russia in the World Cup uh, playoff uh, semi-final, I guess we can call it either, will advance to the final with a bye gab, which means that they will play the winner of the uh, Sweden-Czech Republic other semi-final on March 29 and the Ukraine's game against Scotland who is also supposed to be one of the semi-finals has been moved to June and the winner will face uh, the winner of Wales uh, against Austria. Is that the right decisions? And are Sweden and Czech Republic right to not be happy by the fact that um,
0: that, that Poland, Poland going to buy, buy?
1: Instead of facing someone else, for example, and something? I
0: don't think it's a big deal. Why? So, Poland play Norway or Slovakia and you play that. Just, just worry about beating what's in front of you. You yeah. know what? I mean, um, the people who may have a slight issue are Wales and Austria because, you know, it's interesting that they're playing now and then they're going to have to wait another another three months and then wait for Ukraine to play Scotland and then be, uh, I'm sure, I I assume they asked them and they asked Wales and Austria, do you have other commitments? Would you rather play your game in, in June at the end of the season so that, you know, we keep the same format? Um, look, it's not a good situation. There's no, a war. No, okay, yeah. Tuchel, uh, Thomas Tuchel came out and he said he'd love for Andreas Christensen to stay at Chelsea. We know with the sanctions, that's unlikely. His free agent move to Barcelona seems all but dungeons. Catalan media even reporting that he's had his medical. Is this the right choice for him? Tuchel doesn't think so. Do you? Um, I think it's hard to say no to a Barca, a Real Madrid,
1: even if you're at Chelsea. Uh, because I think especially when you've been at a club for so long like Christensen has and he has highs and lows The times where he was not playing he went on loan he came back um, is he is he a definite starter?
0: He's not in the mix he's competing he mix? with Eric Garcia and Araujo and Pique's going to go I mean he's going to retire at some point I, I, think,
1: I think he's better than I think him and Araujo would be a very strong partnership and complement each other quite well right yeah. now with Xavi Barca on, on the app, but he had a good thing going on at Chelsea as well. So I,
0: he's a, I think he's a ball playing center back. Yeah, who's that's what was. At Chelsea, though, I don't think he was ever dominant to that level. And I think maybe in a different system, he can do even better. Yeah, maybe.
1: Premier League football will return to Chinese TV screens this evening, according to reports. But this is after the
0: Premier League agreed gap to leave out the pro Ukraine messages. What? Uh, if this is true. I mean, from going by reports, this is this is appalling, right? So essentially, they didn't show the games at the weekend because they didn't want to show political messages. So then they decide, OK, then no political messages so that we can be on television in China. I'm sorry. Really? How about you stand for sanctions or something? I if know. China had come back and said, OK, but no kneeling right before, before kickoff, well, what would your response have been? Uh, this is, this this is, is silly. This is the product we sell. Um, You know, we're talking about a couple games here you're not going to lose bazillions Um, this is really disappointing to me Uh, Spurs stumped Everton 5-0 back on Monday Jules two easy questions how can Tottenham be so erratic and how can Everton be so bad (laughs)
1: Everton's so bad because because they have confidence I'm not even sure Frank Lampard knows what he's doing right now and for Spurs I expect them. I want them to have a bit of consistency now. Hopefully, that will come. FIFA allowing foreign players and coaches under contract with Russians' club to have uh, to be able to leave Gab and sign as free agent for other clubs until June
0: 30 to basically finish the season with another club. Does that make sense to you? I think it makes sense. Obviously, these other clubs, you know, uh, the Russian League is still going on, but, you know, you've essentially freed them. It's also to make it easier for them to get out. Um, If you think vis-a-vis the World Cup or whatever, these guys are going to want to play. Um, it's only until the end of the season. The question is then, though, if they have lucrative contracts in Russia, will the clubs want to take them back yeah. if, you, if you leave and go away? So I, I don't think many people are going to take up this option, except for people who've, you know, who've done it for political reasons, uh, who disagree with what's going on there and wanted to make a statement. But um, yeah, I do think it is the right choice mm. uh, for FIFA to make. Huge win for Olympique Lyonnais away to Porto in the Europa League. Jules, do we need to revise our views <laughs> on Peter Bosch? We've always said that there were
1: some good things, Gab, and they were, that was really good. I mean, Porto were poor. Porto were really poor, but Lyon were good. They were in control. They like those Europa League games. They, they're usually pretty good, better than in the 1. So How maybe- about the
0: packet with the... With, 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 ah, with a big headdress packet.
1: on, early on as well, uh, and then get the uh, gash to his head, and then goes and scores the winner. Uh, they could even probably have won 2 0 easily. Let's 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 hope that they can see this out in the second leg and qualify. That would be huge for them and for Peter Bosch because right. that the pressure is easing a bit now. They do they're doing a little bit better. Let's hope. You're not going to hope that if you're no, but you know. Sticking with the Europa League, Eintracht Frankfurt beat Betis two one away in Spain. Gab things going from bad to worse for our friend Pellegrini. Oh, are they what? tired. Or are they, they have a million
0: injuries. injuries. Yeah they they they're, they're clearly fatigued. I don't know that they have the squad big enough. They had issues but both full back positions. I mean, I don't there's only so much you can get out of yeah. it, but let's let's also give give credit to to Frankfurt. you know uh, Betty's making some big mistakes at the back you go go check out the highlights yeah, on YouTube yeah. and uh, they were there to capitalize. Sticking in Seville, there was fighting duels uh, between Eintracht fans and West Ham supporters. Um, video of that, again, all over the web. Mm. Uh, now, they were, now, West Ham were there because they play Sevilla on Thursday, which is why this game, Betis at Home, was played on Wednesday. I thought we'd move beyond this nonsense, fighting in the streets. Uh, I don't want to need to see this again. No, I mean, West Ham haven't been in Europe for so long. They're in Europe, they're doing well,
1: and yet I suspect their fans... You know, I don't know if they arrange those, those, those uh, hooligans fight or what, but like behave like this. And by the way, this rule about, uh, you know, two, two clubs from the same city cannot play the same day, I get it. But why about you play Betis one day and Sevilla the next day when you know that it's Frankfurt and West Ham and there's potential this could happen? Why didn't you move the away leg? Or the home leg so at least frankfurt fans and west ham fans were now in, in town the same night yeah
0: you 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 would think surely you would think that especially since you know you don't have the whole away goals rule anymore exactly There's this a, would be a good time to do yes. that i think it's something but i would also hope on what i'm not clear on is how early do west ham fans get to seville i mean you know normally uh, you would think that you travel the day of the game and yeah, but you, you spend the see. afternoon drinking in the square, and then you go to the game, and then you leave the next morning, right? True. I mean, true.
1: That's why I wondered yesterday when I saw if it was maybe arranged and arranged, which is even worse because uh, it should have never. You been. you think Inter
0: in City Firm are coming out of uh, retirement? I don't know,
1: but it looked it looked pretty pretty like that. To be fair, contract talks between Paulo Dibala and Juventus were postponed,
0: Gab as we know, and you obviously have strong views on it. Uh, listen. Uh, I'm not very popular with certain Juve uh, fans, and I've often been critical of the club. But on this one, I tip my hat to you, Maurizio Rivabene. Um, yeah. I'm not going to go so far as Nedved, but this is the right attitude. Look, you set up a meeting with with his agent. You say, all right, we're going to talk on Thursday, Okay. Next thing you do, it's all over the press because one of the two sides says, oh, yeah, she's coming to renew on Thursday, yeah. right? And then, because they think they're being clever, <laughs> then on Monday or over the weekend, it's all like, oh, Inter Milan really want the bar, yeah, the to we this much. I'm sorry. Shut your gob. Shut up. Be serious about this. And if you're Juve, you know, look, like Juve's spinning this, look, now we have Laovitch, we need, we've got. there's a new reality here, blah, blah, blah. Good, good. Decide how much he's worth to you because I tell you, Nobody except for a stupid badly run club is going to give Dybala 10 million euros yeah, a year. I agree. Nobody. The man is injured all the time. The man's had his moments. He's, he's at the club badge. And now it's being spun like, well, Dybala wants assurances about his role between the team and the captaincy. And the, No, you don't get assurances, right? Yeah. If you can't play, you can't play, right? So stay fit. Produce for a while and then we have this conversation if you love the club so much you're already one of the highest uh, earners at the club yeah. then they'll keep you around i honestly well done Juve. like yeah the I'm ways of the good past good. have to finish yeah speaking of Dybala um you're a bit of sticking carrot here yeah I need to he think. and uh Vivian Miedema are spearheading an effort of the charity common goal to raise funds for victims of the war in ukraine yeah which is great i mean I, I, I love
1: Vivian more and more and more and more not just for what she does on the no, pitch because no, she's amazing Paolo? why just Vivian pa- Paolo wants a bigger contract <laughs> Okay, but Viv is just amazing she's fantastic on and off the pitch I've got so much respect for, for her and for him and for all the players involved with Common Goal and, and everyone everyone in the world of football that yeah. is doing their bit True.
0: to support for those yeah. who don't know, Common Goal is a, is a charity, yeah. um, I think Juan Mata was Hwamata. one of the first people oh, who was yeah. involved yeah. with it, where basically they pledged to give 1% of their wages, of, of their wages uh, to, to different charities, uh, and in this case, they're, you know, they want to have it for yeah, the victims fantastic. of the war. It's um, fantastic gab i'm not sure how many people
1: have heard of lee congerton certainly i didn't until (laughs) now Uh, but he's the the new head of recruitment at atalanta and it's really rare to have uh, a brit like you know british coaches to get uh, or executives to go abroad and do those kind of jobs you know
0: not in the uk yeah so people often wonder you know how do you get into these positions of power director football type thing so um congerton is a guy who he was at Chelsea at youth level, involved in, in youth recruitment. Then um, Frank Arneson took him with him to um, when he went to Hamburg, I think it was, yeah. uh, or wherever it was in Germany. Uh, then from there, he's moved on. He's held that role. Uh, he's also, he also worked at Liverpool. He's worked at Celtic. He was tight with uh, Brendan Rodgers. Um, I think he was uh, at was Sunderland. I think I already said that. He was most recently at, um, uh, at Leicester um again with brendan yeah look i think it's good when people are going abroad i'm not saying this Atalanta obviously done a great job with their recruitment already. Yeah, um, but I love the fact that they they
1: open-minded enough to go and get a British guy instead of just an Italian guy that has been doing the round
0: before. Do you see what I mean? I mean exactly. I, I think look, the more we have movement, the more you expand your mind, and more you see. And yeah. you know, I, this guy I know for a fact he doesn't speak. I've never spoken to him yeah. because he's one of those people like I like like, like my work. Uh, you know, do it the talking okay. for me. Yeah. That's great. But Lee, nobody knows who the hell you are. Uh, you know, he's basically he's the he's the opposite of Leonardo basically Leonardo yeah. speaks continuously exactly. and we all know all about him so yeah. um, good luck to him Yeah. Michael Olise has been one of the best young players in the Premier League this season a big part of Crystal Palace's success um, for me I'll go uh, for. me, he's really really underrated yeah. he's even a lot better than a lot of the praise he's getting yeah. Jules um, his mom is French Algerian his yeah. dad is Nigerian he was born here in England yes Gareth Southgate reportedly wants him. He's played for France. But his name
1: is Michael, or is it? not Michael, to start with, because oh. he's French. So you can all, you know, leave him alone. He will play for us. He plays. Why can't he be Nigerian? No, but he is. He probably, I'm sure he's got a passport, but he's going to play for France. He knows if he wants to win the World Cup. Okay, you know, <laughs> but do you want We're to win to it, it as a passenger,
0: or do you want to reach the pass- final? And he's lose only a nineteen.
1: He's only twenty, so right. he's got plenty of time. But I, you know, I, but Deschamps watches him. We know he, he plays already for
0: the youth teams in France. So okay, I'm, I'm gonna. What I find interesting about him, right, is and obviously we have this all the time about you know players, and I'm never going to be somebody who you know tells people how they should feel, what allegiance. But I feel like most cases. People who are born in a country and are raised in that country, um, they either play for that country or they often play for their dad's country because they grow up hearing stories. I don't know if you grew up with stories of Rashidi Yakini and Daniel Amokachi, JJ Okach, I don't know. Why One not, why not of his moments, because I like, look, like, I mean, I'm sorry, we we, we we live in a patriarchy still. What? And no, they, oh, it's rare for somebody. Rubbish. That is rubbish. No, but I, I I generally don't know. I don't know the background that makes him grow up here. But he was, I think, he was at Chelsea when he yeah. was younger, and he would say, "Mom, I love France. I'm French." And the, the, the mom that would make him feel French. But you, know, you the, don't know how they... You no, no, I'm saying I don't know, but I think... Culture, going on holidays in France I, all think, the time. I think it's a great story. Yeah, um, it is. You know what, when I see him, I'll ask him. No, I ask I'll him, do. because I, I, I think I, th- I, think it's a wonderful story, but I think it also speaks to how a- how multicultural London is, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> well done to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Southampton v Newcastle kicks off in a few hours uh, because we record this on Thursday morning. This game was postponed from December and Ralph Hasenhutl thinks it's unfair that Newcastle gets to play the signings that they made in January, of course, because they wouldn't have been able to play when the game was originally scheduled. He's got a point,
0: right? No, he doesn't. I mean, I I, I love Ralph Hasenhutl. If he wants to be the next United manager, I think he would do a great job. In fact, I might even put Hasenhutl ahead of Poch and Ten Hag. But this is just silly. Ralph, the game was postponed because of COVID, yeah. right? And there's people maybe who were injured back then and who are fit now. Um, True. So they went and they spent money in January. I just deal with it. I, I, unfair. I mean, I don't think you made a big stink out of it. And yeah, look, <laughs> just focus on continuing with the great job you were, you've been doing thus far this season. You're not going to get relegated. No. Um, looks like Newcastle won't get relegated either. Just focus on that. Don't worry about it. Wesley Fofana has been injured for a very long time yes. but he's putting pen to paper at Leicester City and Jules, yeah, you're well a big fan. I am a
1: big fan. Well done until 2027. I think well done for, for Leicester on the Leicester point of view to protect the asset and he's a very very talented player who at some point well already attracts bigger clubs. So at least you know that he's not going to live on a free or for a very low transfer fee because he will only have one year left. On his contract, like his Exactly. Um, and for him, I think this is good. This is stability. He's just been injured for seven months. He's going. To, he's coming back now, uh, and hopefully have a very strong end of the season and then goes again next season. But this is the right environment for him. He's going to stay a few more years and then he will go to much bigger things because he's, he's that good. Jesse Marsh has hit back at those who keep asking him about his post match huddle following his debut as a lead manager next la- last weekend against Leicester, He caused the reaction hilarious and hilarious and ridiculous.
0: Okay, I'm but gonna What's de- wrong with the huddle? I- I'm gonna it- declare my biases here. Okay. So yeah. first of all, as somebody who liked Jesse Marsh, yeah, me too. uh when you started uh, speaking on the radio and on television, uh, was undermined because I have an American accent, (laughs) uh, as does Jesse Marsh. Um, So that is one level of bias. So I am predisposed to feel a little bit of warmth and sympathical for him. Equally, I am predisposed to mock him and make fun of him because he is a former Princeton guy, uh, and I went to a rival school. Uh, That said... That's it. He is 100% correct. My two biases What's balance out. Adult? 100%. This is so stupid. We went through this through with, with, with Bob Bradley a little bit before. Yeah. I don't think it was ever as overblown as the US media when they caught wind of it. Got yeah. it? I mean, I, I think all we've had is Gabriel Akban Lahore uh, talking on the radio, criticizing him. And, and frankly, even though he has got a wonderful first name, I'm sorry, Akban yeah. Lahore, you're wrong. Um, what is the big deal? It's a huddle. I mean, I'm sorry. Celtic Football Club, who I believe, who I believe are in this country, we still have United Kingdom. Yeah, yeah they're just yeah, up the yeah. road in Scotland. They they do a huddle, right? Yeah. Just because Phil Brown did it many years ago, and because people here and that was a halftime. It was not even I, the same. Look, he came out and he said, you know why I did it? I did it because I did it all the time because immediately after the game, when I was in Germany, my guys had uh, media commitments and I wanted to speak to them immediately at the final whistle. Yeah. So I just simply asked them to gather around I think and I had a few thoughts to say. Exactly. Just completely honestly, fair. lay off them. Lay off them, man. Leon's Moussa Dembele had just, uh, reportedly been identified as a potential replacement for Edinson Cavani at oh. Manchester United. Jules are talking 25000000 Um, million. I'd love to know who is identifying him, since they don't <laughs> have a manager in place. But right. I'm assuming it's the clever people upstairs, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fletcher, Myrta,
1: maybe Ragnick even himself. What, what? <laughs> I, don't know. Ragnick? I don't know. I don't know when they've seen him play, uh, because this season has been really hit and miss at times.
0: Uh, you know, he hasn't scored, for example, in Europe. In when Leon got- went, well... He made such an impact at Atletico Madrid last season, but yeah, no, right, but that, for example.
1: But he had COVID and he had an injury, so they so didn't okay, really see him
0: maybe. there too. But no, but remember Leon's run? Didn't he score? Didn't he and Tolo come when they had that run in the Champions League? Did he score in the quarterfinals or play scored, well? Maybe. Um,
1: yeah, no. I think
0: maybe I think Manchester United a, scouts just have so much really scouting to strike. do. They're only just they're only just catching up now with y Scout, and so they've gotten as far oh, as Celtic. They, yeah, yeah no. two incredible seasons.
1: Yeah, I think he's really good, and he's Paris-born and bred. So I love I love Moussa completely. I think in the right environment with the right team, he would score a ton of goals. Born in I, Paris, but made in Fulham.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: All right. All right. You're not going for that. Former Bayern and Ukraine legend Anatoly Timoshuk has been harshly criticized and could lose his coaching uh, badges issued by the Ukrainian FA Timoshuk, who is an assistant at Zenit, has refused to condemn the Russian
0: invasion. That's strange. Look I think, I'm I I, I dis- I'm sorry, I, I disagree with this, um, whatever, Timoshuk is Ukrainian, he works in Russia, there are people within Ukraine who for whatever reason you know, I'm on the outside. I can't tell them what to think. Yeah. If this guy, for his own career, for his own family, um, if you want to – doesn't feel like he wants to condemn the invasion, I don't think it's fair to just cancel him. I don't think he's actively working against Ukraine unless you feel that he's doing that, in which case you, know, you can call him treasonous or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to me, it seems a little bit petty that you would take away his coaching badges. Also, it's also – pretty relevant, too, because I'm sure the Russian F.A. will give him coaching badges the next day if you take yeah, his I guess Ukrainian so. ones away.
1: But can you see why they're trying to hit him with some
0: sort of sanction? Because I think you condemn him and you say, look, you're not welcome back here because, you know, our country is yeah. being invaded. Um, but whatever the reason is, if he's just doing it to, to hang on to, you know, whatever massive salary he gets as an assistant coach at Zenit, fine. Um, again, I don't know the, his family background. Why he would no, feel I like mean, this? Yeah. I just get uneasy when it becomes an issue about people's opinions yeah. rather than rather than, than their actions. Shocking story from Holland, Jules. Quincy promise could be charged with attempted murder. Yeah, that's right, Gab.
1: Uh, it was a story that happened two years ago uh, when he was back in Holland. You know, he plays for Spartak Moscow, and he basically st- stabs. Uh, his cousin in a, like family reunion. Apparently, there was a disagreement and and uh, the, like a fight started or something like that. He denies every wrongdoing, but clearly the investigation. He'd been arrested before, remember? And then yeah, he and, was and it released. looked
0: like he was just going to be charged with assault. assault now there's yeah. apparently audio. Of the prosecution says there's audio of of, more, yeah, of, 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 of him threatening to actually do it, yeah. which obviously puts it in a different light. I know, it's crazy. The Daily Mail are
1: reporting that the FA is considering hiring a cruise ship for players' wives and girlfriends during the World Cup in Qatar because we know the accommodation is very restricted. What could go wrong?
0: Yeah, look, um, <laughs> whatever goes wrong, it's not going to be like the 2006 World Cup when, the, anyway. when they had all the, the wives and girlfriends and families in and a hotel in right. Baden-Baden. Baden Baden, that's yeah, yeah. right. Yes, I was there. Um, and one of the benefits, of course, is that they're free to drink alcohol on on the boat. Um, I don't think this is a big idea. I should say this group of WAGs, uh, to use a term that they commonly use here, they don't get the media attention that the past group did. True. I think part of it is they don't seek out that level of media attention. They seem to be, as a group, Better behaved. I think the media have grown up a little bit yeah, about this as it. well. So hopefully, this won't be a story and we'll just focus on the football. Yeah, that'd be good. All uh, right, Jules, that brings us to an end. Again, commiserations. I understand oh. now why you're wearing uh, dark uh, for today's show. Um, but we got to come back on Monday. Of course. The sun really. will rise again, Jules. Yes, yeah, Unt- will be beaten by Bordeaux. <laughs> Until then, love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself.